we're starting a new podcast about sex. Oh, God. Oh, we're, God. None oh, God. of us are qualified <laughs> to talk about that. Sex lords. Hold on. I do have some credentials. Oh. I did teach. Wait, Chad, have you had sex? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I'm almost embarrassed to share with y'all. I think so. Uh, I don't know, not the sex part, but uh, did I not tell you boys that I, in high school, taught postponing sexual involvement? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't know if that's going to fit into our sex positive podcast, but go on. No, no, I need to, I need to clarify and justify now. Chad, an adult could get you to do anything in high school, huh? Well, uh, yes, but here's... I'm with, I was a good boy too, Chad. I was also a good boy. I mean, I, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then you gave him, then you gave him a bad boy. You got to grow, growing your hair out. Yeah. Long. I switch flipped and I, I got real bad boy at one point. Nice. Okay. So I need to, I need to justify, clarify a little bit. Maybe not justify. There's, there's, there's non-sex blood on my hands. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other, that's like a real double entendre right there. Jeff. Yeah, I, I know. I, I regretted that phrasing as soon as I said it. Yeah. Sex blood would be a dope name for a band. That's though. a great metal band name. <laughs> would. That's one of the band's names that Trent from Daria is trying out for their, <laughs> yes. their band, for yes. sure. Um, so <laughs> in Indiana, like a very conservative state that mm-hmm. I grew up in, mm-hmm. in high school, uh, there was no public ske- like sex education as far as I'm aware of. There was yeah, that like, makes sense to me, yes. One gym class in PE, they showed you some STDs and like, look at that, that's going to happen to you. A fear-based approach, yes. Fear-based, yeah. completely fear-based. Not not even a, like, here's how you put a condom on. It was just like, watch out, here's some mutilated genitals. Mm-hmm. Um, oof. Yeah, woof, indeed. And then I, had to, then I had to go live the rest of my life that day. Um, <laughs> so, but there was a, a government-funded program called Postponing Sexual Involvement, PSI for short, for those mm-hmm. of the know. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. That's a PSI joke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, I'm high-fiving so, a million angels right now. I'm sorry. I'm with you. I'm, I was imagining it. I was imagining myself giving you a very large high-five for that. that Thanks, man. Yeah, That'd me too, cool. man. Me too. Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, so in high school... They, I don't know how I was chosen. I feel like a man in black just found me. Chad, you were chosen for the same reason you were chosen for everything. You were a large man that looked like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) The same way I was selected to be on the wrestling team. uh, (laughs) As as some some teacher was just looking through the window like Jean Valjean at, uh, or Javert at me. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so like it was basically hey you're a high schooler uh we are going to train you over a couple of weekends and then you will go for probably like eight or nine days throughout the year you will get to leave school in the middle of the day and get excused from your classes uh-huh. so first bonus right there please lay this all out. i'm gonna tell you how they screwed you so bad after you're done sure <laughs> Okay, please. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can tell you uh, right now, you just said you had to give up your weekends video game playing time. <laughs> That's true. prime video true. game playing time. And then they were like, oh, and you can get out of your class, but you still have to make up the other homework and the classwork oh, at you're night, right. your other video game playing time. You got really Damn, on this right, one. Damn, you're right, Paul. I'm myself of knowledge. Double uh, bound. Yeah, that time is for um, Ratchet, Clank, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> And so I would have to, I would go with other high schoolers in my school 
Uh, we'd pair up. You usually, they tried to usually have it be a guy and a girl mm-hmm. mm. to go to middle schools in the district. Oh, wow. And we would go and talk to those middle schoolers about postponing sexual involvement. Uh, usually it was a class of middle schoolers who thought we were the lamest in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher in there would do the very cliche like, all right, I don't have to teach for half an hour. I'm going to read the paper. And then we would just start going through a... I'd say like a 300-page document book about ways uh, – the very best of lessons was about telling people your standards on, you know, not going farther than you're willing to go sexually at this time. That's fine. That sounds more like a consent workshop than anything. It was – that part – I honestly – I think we – it was really weird because it was a bunch of progressive kids and our and our teacher, like our mentor, mm. was uh, – uh, her her name was Mrs. Cruz. She was she was great. She she was basically like, we'll take the most progressive pages out of this document and focus on those, and hmm. less on the other lesson plans that are like the only way to not get pregnant is to not have sex, a hundred percent guaranteed. D- you shouldn't do it. Like just like save yourself. Chad, I was gonna call you a sex narc, but this is pretty punk rock of you. Thank you. I thought it was pretty cool of me to go and talk to middle schoolers about. <laughs> uh, I, it was very much always me. I thought it was obvious to the middle schoolers who were only four or five years younger than me mm. that I am a dude who is not getting laid at this current point <laughs> in my life, and I'm telling kids about all the choices I'm making to not have sex right now. Very empowering. Very empowering. I but think it is punk rock that you worked within the system to fight the system, though. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, it's a well, sabotage. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> I don't know if this makes me more punk rock or not, but also you did get a big check of $1,000 at the end of the year. That's Whoa. fucking so, sick. That's sick. That was sick. That's what? why I did it. I, so I did it for four years and got like four grand for my college fees. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll leave school and get $1,000. I would tell middle schoolers their dick will fall off if they look at it too hard. thousand dollars <laughs> in high school, a government fund somewhere that Mike Pence like signed off on. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Okay, if you if you had told me that up front, then I would have been okay with losing the video games time. <laughs> You're like you're turning that into fun money. A thousand dollars buys you a fucking car in high school. Yeah, for yeah, real. It, yeah, it did. It buys you a lot of video games. You got um, You could have gotten yourself a nice Nissan Stanza to start your to start off your driving <laughs> your driving times. When I was like in high school, I would compromise any one of my morals for the thousand dollars. Hell yeah! Paycheck. Hell yeah! I think I'd still maybe compromise my morals for a thousand dollars. I'd at least think about it. Uh, I, I do need a thousand dollars pretty bad. So <laughs> yeah, I know inflation is right has risen. So maybe now it's like you know it, that's like twenty five hundred dollars at this point. Oh my god, twenty five hundred dollars! <laughs> I can't even imagine that. But <laughs> I know exactly what I'd do with that. I'd put it away and try and forget I have it. That's what I do with all my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't remember you have it because then you won't anymore. Mm-hmm. But also then don't forget that you had gold buried under your house because therefore then you don't have that value. <laughs> One day life is going to make you use that gold. That's the that's the key that you got to live with. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing buried uh, under my house is some crazy bones, and I don't think they're worth very much. Sorry, when you say crazy bones, you know what crazy you, bones are. You, know, you got to know what crazy bones are, dude. It's part of like the tech deck pog uh, craze. 
No, crazy, it was like the crazy bones. Yeah, it was the bridge that carried us from Pogs to Tech Decks. <laughs> yeah, great. I'm looking at. All right, so crazy bones were little plastic dudes that you could flick. No. Yeah. So the idea was it was just marbles. Like you're just playing like some <laughs> cool '90s marbles. Right now, yeah. You were just playing cool '90s marbles with like garbage pale kid faces. On. Yeah. This is choking hazard the toy. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This killed some kids. <laughs> Which made him cooler. <laughs> Not as much as Gak, but this cool this killed some kids. No, yeah. Oh my god, this I just I missed out on this this toy fad. Um so you got some crazy bones. There's a crazy bones Nintendo DS game. Yeah, this was a cool this was a cool thing. I didn't play Crazy Bones, my siblings did. I was just out of the window for Crazy Bones. Yeah. So yeah. what are you actually playing when you play Crazy Bones? It's like marbles or bowling. You set up a bunch of uh crazy bones in the middle and uh you you set up like your five best crazy bones, and you flick those at the other crazy bones. When you knock them down, you get those crazy bones. Oh, we so played the, that game. We just did that with rocks. Yes. Yeah. Free. Cra- that's yeah. that's free crazy bones. It free is crazy free games, but just that's that's, that's open source crazy bones. It is legitimately <laughs> just marbles. If if they did Squid Game in America, It'd that be one really <laughs> intense part would be played with crazy bones. <laughs> And one of the characters would eat a crazy bone thinking that it's a gummy. Yes. Because they look like gummies. Like, like half of them, the, especially the single monocolor ones, yep. th- those look like, sh- like the shark treats. What were the shark treats called again? Oh, my God. They do look like shark treats. Shark yeah. bites. Shark, shark bites. treats? Shark bites. Yeah, shark gummies. Like, you never had shark gummies? No. What? You didn't have are shark they, bites? Are they edible? The gummies, yes. Yeah. Not the crazy bones. Okay. Crazy okay. bones. No, you don't, eat, don't eat a crazy bone. I ate the bones. Don't eat the crazy bones. <laughs> <laughs> what was the brand called? I can't remember now. I thought they were they called were just shark, shark gummies. Like they were everywhere. Yeah, they had. Maybe the, this is an East Coast thing, y'all. Had. But they were like gummies and opaque. Like there was a great like white. Was... The great white was the shark bites. They were called shark bites. Shark were, bites. And shark bites had the great white, which was the best one. Yeah, huh. and there was also an orange one, and I always ate the orange one. Chad, did you not have I... shark bites? I know we didn't have shark bites. Fuck! No. How much? How much are shark bites going for on eBay? I'm looking. I'm looking. Don't worry. <laughs> the whole package of them. Uh, <laughs> they gotta be really. They won't be. They won't taste good though. Oh, six forty-five. Oh, we're ordering some for Chad right now. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they fermented a little bit, and you can get <laughs> you can get a little drunk off some shark. Then they became crazy bones. I think. Uh, <laughs> Gummies can never go bad. They can only become crazy bones. <laughs> there should be there should be more shark bites in Doomsday bunkers for sure. I want that. Uh, I, I I just gotta say that that was a moment of pure genius that just happened right there. I want that to be the tagline for our show. Gummies can never I, go bad. They can only <laughs> become crazy bones. By the way, if yeah. uh, you've reached this point in the podcast and you're like, why aren't they talking about a Goosebumps book? This is Camp Goosebuds. This is where uh, Paul, Chad, and I just talk about what we're thinking about. It's basically mm-hmm, like the intro mm-hmm. to most of our uh, actual <laughs> Goosebumps yeah. episodes. Yeah. But we stretch it out for an hour because we just like talking to each it's other. It's the whoops all marshmallows of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Something went wrong at the Goosebuds factory and a lever <laughs> broke and all banter came out. <laughs> and uh, if uh, if you're like, wow. Camp Goosebuds, that sounds great. What a great series to begin. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> we've made quite a few of these. 
Uh, and if you throw a dollar at our Patreon at patreon.com slash goosebuds, uh, you can listen to uh, a new one that went up this month. And also like, I don't know, like a hundred, like yeah. we've made so many of these. <laughs> How many years have we been doing this for? I don't I, it's know. <laughs> more than, more than six. Yeah. We determined I entered the scene in 2017. So I've been here for four years. I think you might, guys might've been doing this like a year Good or two before God. that. Good God. I have been doing this podcast longer than any romantic relationship in my life. Wow. Nor yep. job, nor institution I've been a part of. Wow. I have goosebuds. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. That's sad, I know. No, it's beautiful. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think it's cool. The only thing that I'm sad of right now is that you haven't had shark bites. <laughs> yeah, I'm too, actually man. really bumming that John doesn't know what I'll be honest, about. I'm looking at those white ones. I do want to eat a white one just to see what it tastes it like. It tastes so good. It's like this. It's creamy. It's a creamy one. Yeah. It's fucked it, up how good it is. It's, it's that, really messed up. This feels like an East Coast. This feels like a coastal thing. Like, I didn't get shark bites because I was landlocked. Not many sharks in Indiana, so. If you guys saw these in Indiana, you wouldn't have known what to do with yourself. It would have been yeah. like the first time someone saw a TV on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Yeah. <laughs> We need a. Uh... All... <laughs> go again. No, no, go, Chad. Go. Oh, I, I was just going to ask if you all, by comparison to the East Coast, like when you learn about Indiana history, mm. for some reason, every like geology teacher, both in elementary school all the way through high school, mm-hmm. tells you the lesson about the Great Glacier during the Ice Age oh, that yeah. made Indiana what it is. Well, Chad, not to. Take the wind out of Indiana's sails. I know the glacier was in other states. I know. Okay. Massachusetts also had a glacier go through it. And that's what made Pioneer Valley a place where I lived and got drunk for almost a year. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But see, I like that. I like that the glacier is this like ominous thing from our ancient history that made our our places of, of residence unique. Indiana, Mm -hmm. they learned about maybe if you had a valley. We mm-hmm. learned about how the glacier went across Indiana just like a bulldozer and made everything flat. Yep. And they're like, and that's why it's all cornfields. Everything's flat. You're like, thank you, Glacier, for making me the most boring state. The verdant land that we that we reside upon. Thank you, Glacier. Yeah. And that's why everyone in Indiana gives praise to the glacier. <laughs> in the winter, we just look out, we look towards the north and go, hurry up, hurry up, Glacier, take us again. <laughs> The mighty glacier will come again. And <laughs> the mighty its glacier flatness. will wipe this all free. <laughs> I always think about with Indiana. I think about one of my favorite authors is from there, Kurt Vonnegut, Mister oh. Indiana. Oh, we got Vonnegut. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's weird. He wasn't listed in my in my mall. They had banners of Indiana alumni called the cream of the crop. It was like David Letterman and Jane Pauley from Dateline and no Kurt Vonnegut. Why is not included in the list? I guess that Kurt Vonnegut didn't respect the glacier enough and was banned. <laughs> maybe. maybe the glacier has slowly turned its back on Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> An inch a year at a time. Dude. I, now I love the glacier as like a symbol, like, right? I I, I kind of want to devote my soul to the glacier too, and I want like a a high school football team called the glaciers. The glaciers, the glaciers. <laughs> yeah, I like it. They're slow but strong. Yeah, can you have, imagine how intimidating that football team would be? Just slow, arms linked like Red Rovers, slowly walking across the field, going "nah." The state flag uh, or insignia, rather, of Indiana is uh, one uh, Mr. Paul Bunyan, I believe. 
on there. What? No, it's not. I, well, what? It's a, okay, it's an it's an ox and a man with an axe. So I just assumed it was Paul. That's Bunyan. not true at all. <laughs> the United States flag has no. No, not the flag. Vines. No, the, the here. No, this is the the seal, Chad. The seal. Yeah, the, the seal, flag. Dude. The flag has a, uh, a torch. You guys just have a torch. Yeah, but, we have a torch, and the stars represent the. Oh, I've never seen the seal of Indiana. That's it. It is a bovine hopping. Is a bovine hopping along joyously as a man cuts down a tree. As a small Paul Bunyan chops down a tree. <laughs> small Paul Bunyan. <laughs> small Paul Bunyan. The seal of Massachusetts is racist, but our motto is good. Well, though, I'll Wait, let me see. how is it racist? It's it's just a, a Native American person. <laughs> let me say, oh. like, oh no, in in sort of a, uh, I don't know. It feels mascotty and bad to me. I. There are a lot of petitions to change the seal of Massachusetts to be something. Sure. That oh, terrible. yeah. I, it, it is just a Native American caricature just standing there. And a, disembod- a disembodied arm with a with a saber in it, too, which is strange. Well, the disembodied arm with the saber is the part we should keep. Because cool. our motto is, this hand, an enemy to tyrants, seeks with the sword a quiet peace under liberty. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Get yeah. that tattooed on me. And then we put uh, the symbol of a person who we were tyrants to underneath of it. That's cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's not so great. Uh so Massachusetts, if the entire state of Massachusetts, if you're listening, maybe start making more of a stink about how much our seal sucks because branding is important. Yeah, let's see what Pennsylvania's up to. This oh boy, the, yeah, this ought to be this good. This is the slowest dredge through progress on all of our Native American named sports teams and cities <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, we really should be quicker about are they still called the Washington football team, by the way? They renamed themselves like babies. No, they're still just Washington of... football team. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy that they refuse to come up with a new mascot. I think it's great because they're just like, hey, we're just going to stay out of trouble here. We're just going to stay. We're going to keep this. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I feel like they're sulking like babies. Like, oh, yeah, no, I took no. it as like, we don't want to play, play oh, this game. So I we're see. just taking our toys and leaving. Um, I guess everything we do is bad. So we're not going to have a name, I guess. We're just the football team. <laughs> Washington football team. Uh, Pennsylvania's is cool. It's a fucking eagle with a, I assume, a baguette in, in its claws. Scream! <laughs> uh, Scream! Baguettes for all, and then a cool boat, a workman's plow, and then uh, oh, I love this! I'm gonna say three salt shakers. Nice. Yeah, that looks like yeah. What is that? Three hammers? I don't, I don't know, know what, the, or maybe mushrooms. Uh, that's wheat. That's bound uh, wheat. Ah, uh, bound bushels of go. wheat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. You you all really got everything going for you in Pennsylvania. I know. Yeah. Unless it's three mushroom clouds. Predicting their end of <laughs> Predicting the third world war. When the glacier returns and it destroys Pennsylvania because it, we deserved it. We, we deserved it for some reason. Uh, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the motto of Pennsylvania is friendship. Yeah. Well, a pen, uh, uh, you've got a friend in Pennsylvania. Is the Nice. Oh, I love that. Is that's our, the slogan. Is that that's the motto? Our slogan. I don't know. Hold on. Let me, I'm looking up our motto here. Are they different? Where, where I believe the, the motto is just friendship. Ours is cool. Virtue, liberty, and independence. Ooh, that's great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. What, what were the two states uh, that teamed up to fight the king together? <laughs> they were the first two into the fight, you know? Monpa. <laughs> America's Monpa. <laughs> Meanwhile, I think Indiana was like, we, I guess, we will go with the union. I feel like it was what the United States. <laughs> oh, when we got to that point, yeah. 
Indiana come about? Indiana, pro- this is not this is not indicative of a normal. I, well, I don't know no. what a normal camp goosebuds is, but we don't usually go no, into state know. talk so hard. Yeah, these are usually meticulously well researched. Uh, we're not usually just coming up with the stuff on the fly. Definitely, is, my reference of Indiana leaders already is just what was hanging in the South Bend, Indiana UP Mall food court. That's my history lesson. <laughs> so I don't know anything. I think Indiana's had some really good, like, cool stuff. Not, not politically, but <laughs> you guys had you guys had Kurt Vonnegut. You guys had Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, sure. You guys had Parks and Rec. That was dope for you. Love yeah, but that, that was a you. fake town. But I love that for you. I did. We we were all very happy about Parks and Rec. Yeah. I need you to go back to Indiana and try and sell Kurt Vonnegut to the people of Indiana again. So that they can okay. adopt him. And I think that how we do this okay. is obviously with some sort of parade. Mm-hmm. Since... <laughs> okay. We'll, okay. We'll fly his butthole flag. We'll use his butthole flag <laughs> as one of the things. <laughs> I was going to say, we should have a giant corn Vonnegut. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> like a wicker man. Yeah. Wow. And then we light him up and he just distributes popcorn everywhere. I love it. Dude, at the end, yes, light the wicker man. And then... And then after we light him we'll, from his chest, before we light him on fire, we'll pull the glacier from within him. It's in his heart. The glacier was in his heart. <laughs> wow. Fire and ice. Fire and ice. And, and then there's a big banner that says, everything was beautiful and nothing hurt. And people, like, yeah. and people are like, yeah, that sounds that sounds nice. I can put that on a Hallmark card. <laughs> uh, that's a good Kurt Vonnegut quote. It is. I gotta reread some Vonnegut. I, you know, I was thinking of him last night because uh, uh, Dom was telling me about a, a book that he found of his, and I said I was one I hadn't read. Uh, God bless you, Mister uh, Rosewater, which is supposed oh, to be. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be a good one. I've read that. It's about a rich person who decides he's gonna try and uh, be nice. Oh, what a fucking concept! <laughs> wow, that, that actually sounds very nice right now to read. And it looks like it takes place uh, in uh, in Indiana. All right, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I got like a book of his short stories from my school library when they were liquidating a bunch of their uh-huh, supply. Uh huh. What is uh-huh. that? That's the Welcome to the Monkey House is the is the one, right? Yeah, Welcome to the Monkey House has like the good like the weird good, good. stories in it. It's got the sexy stuff in it. Yeah, the real the real hot stuff that he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also actually I'm I'm very naive on a lot of Vonnegut. We work, joke, but, but uh, Vonnegut had he had boobs in his book, and he drew he the did. boobs. He drew the boobs in there. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is the one that uh, Slaughterhouse Five has boobs, and they teach it in school. There's boobs in that book. Yeah, there is. there's one of them has a diagram of a vagina, and I can't remember which. That one might it also is. be it's Slaughterhouse like a, Five. Yeah, I think so. It's like right. It's like in the future. They're talking about what humans were like, and they're like, and here's a diagram of what a vagina looked like. And it's a little, little, sk- little crude sketch. Yeah, his little someone in middle school going like, "Hey, Chad, look at this. Yeah, <laughs> look what's in this book in our Catholic middle school mm-hmm. library." <gasps> yeah, that one and um. Uh, Cat's Cradle has a butthole in it. Nice, a draw, a draw-in butthole. <laughs> Did you recently reread Cat's Cradle? No, I haven't. I haven't gone back. I, dude, Kurt Vonnegut was like a early twenties like staple of mine, but I haven't gone back. I just, you know, I just haven't haven't tried to go home again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not sure I'm ready. He was so important to me in my teen years, and like, I'm worried I'm gonna read it again and be like, oh. It was just okay. 
Uh, I think I reread. Oh, like it's not as edgy as you think it is. Now yeah. as you're an adult. Or something. I reread Slaughterhouse Five maybe like five or six years ago, and it was as good as I remembered. I feel like Slaughterhouse Five is one of like the few books they made me read in high school that really held up. I mean, Frankenstein is another one because mm. fucking you, trucks. You were That's just good. talking about reading Frankenstein in high school. I was just talking about reading Frankenstein, and I can't stop thinking about it. I should probably reread Frankenstein. You know, I've never read it. It's a good one. It's great if you're a teenager because it's got all the "Why was I born?" angst that you. Can want oh yes <laughs> i did yeah it's literally i did ask me bored i just got yeah. all i just got all of that from final fantasy 7 dude drink it from the source get it straight from the tap <laughs> so, so you're saying that final fantasy 7 was just passing on some knowledge from frankenstein I, absolutely <laughs> and i'm not saying that ironically or anything i mean like, you're probably you're, that's probably 100 right I'm, I'm saying that legitimately I guess, like, Frankenstein's whole, like, um, hateful day on which I received life biz comes from uh, Paradise Lost a little bit. Yeah. Because uh-huh. that's who Mary Shelley was kind of kind of like, you know, it would be cool if we had another of. Another Satan. Another Satan. <laughs> <laughs> not to not to dumb down this conversation a little bit. Do you guys see the, the movie adaptation with Robert De Niro and Helena Bottom Carter where he's Frankenstein? When did that no. come out? He, like. That one's crazy. It's like the 90s or 80s. Uh, it was one of those ones where like, I guess we could show this in our high school literature class. It's relevant. And he like, he like, maybe it's in the book, but he outright fatal- uh, fatalities Helena Bottom Carter. He like, he's like mad that he doesn't have a bride. So he goes to, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's paramour and mm-hmm. just pulls on like Kali Moss, punches her through the chest. Damn. Rips at her heart. Holy yeah, it's shit. fucking rad. <laughs> Robert De Niro cool. does that? I don't believe yeah, it for a second. Yeah, Robert was Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, 1994. Yeah, 1994. I'm looking. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Huh? Oh, yeah. Kenneth Branagh. <sighs> there's, I remember there's a lot of like, like almost steampunky, like, I was like gonna Frankenstein's say, like in like, a, like an egg sack kind Mr. of thing. Mr. Wild Wild West himself directed this. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Doc Loveless. Yeah. Why does Kenneth Branagh get to keep making movies? <laughs> what did he make I that don't... people were like, okay, let this guy go nuts? Uh yeah, everyone always refers to it. this. This is just a Kenneth Branagh shit on podcast now. Like, <laughs> I I feel like I've heard some people like, oh, he's such a good director. Like, but but what? What did he do? Well, it looks like he did a bunch of uh, Shakespeare stuff early on, so maybe that's what we're missing. We weren't watching those, but maybe. Shakespeare I... wrote that stuff. <laughs> that of course it's gonna be pretty good. Yeah. All he did was turn on the camera and had him read the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I remember being pissed. I haven't seen the new the new vo- movie version of Murder on the Orient Express that came out in 2017. Oh yeah, but like he directed it, I think, and or at least plays Hercule Poirot. And I'm like, I don't think that's fair for you to cast yourself as like the smartest mean character. Yeah, it's directed by himself. That seems kind of like rude to me. He, I'm looking at this in all of these early Shakespeare movies he made. He like. Wrote them and then starred in them as well. What is it? this fucking asshole? This is a this is a Tyler Perry dude. Just like oh, I also I guess, I guess the best person for the role is me. Is, oh, I did I did my I did the search. I I interviewed and I had people do their performances and just turns out that I am the best. I feel like I feel like David Suchet is the only Hercule Poirot. And I know no one's going to know what that is. Yes, I was. You said those words, and it sounded like you were speaking another yeah. language. I wanted to not go. Yes, I know what that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Perot, the the famous the famous uh, detective, right? 
Yes, yeah, and he's also in he's also in Murder of the Orient Express. I always forget that he's yeah. That's that his story. that's his most famous story. Is he like he's like the 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 pro, the person before uh, Sherlock, right? Yeah, he's. Um, I don't really know his whole biz, uh, but he's sort big of big mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poro is a little less of a a freak than Sherlock because Sherlock's like addicted to opium and mm-hmm. doing crazy <laughs> shit. And Poirot is very like put together and meticulous and uh, that sort of thing. He's he's more of a gentleman than gotcha. Sherlock is. Gotcha. Sherlock is um, a crazy drug addict who solves crimes. I uh-huh. guess. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm looking at yeah. Not I'm looking at his credits again. I'm like yeah. I guess he just did some some a lot of Sherlock stories. Yep. And then he did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And then he did Thor. And yep. then uh, he did direct the one that uh, you and I, uh, the three of us, were talking during game night a couple days ago. I am obsessed and need to watch his adaptation of Artemis Fowl. Oh, um, oh, Paul, you were part of this. Was this was me, Kevin, and and Hadley? We were talking yeah. about it because Hadley is a big Artemis Fowl fan. Did Kenneth Branagh direct Artemis Fowl? Yeah, he directed Artemis Fowl. What the uh, fuck? And. So I have never read those books, but I've grown up hearing about how fun they are because he's like an antagonist hero and he's like a thief or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so, Paul, are you aware in the books of Artemis Fowl that I'm pretty sure you haven't read? I am aware of nothing uh, with Artemis Fowl. That there are dwarfs because mm-hmm. it's like fantasy race. Like, oh, the elves are police or whatever. Elves would be cops in fantasy world. <laughs> Because even in Lord of the Rings, they're kind of cops. In, in yeah. they, get, they got Judy Dench to be the head elf cop. <laughs> a wild movie that no one saw. Apparently, according to Hadley, and I guess the internet, and Artemis Fowl. In Artemis Fowl, the dwarves eat rocks and shit dirt, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the dwarves are glaciers. The dwarves are kind of glaciers. Paul? Right? You've... Man, I really want to end the episode there because that's a good full circle moment. <laughs> but we got we gotta keep going. We gotta keep going. Encore. Encore. That was our like thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys and then our, yeah, on the yeah, Patreon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I come back for the encore. Imagine if a band <laughs> closed out their show and they were like, Thank you. You have to pay to see the encore. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> It'll some guys like we paid to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in the encore. We're in the second encore stage of Goosebud. Yeah. Goosebuds. Um, yeah. So we gotta but, play. We gotta play our hit. <laughs> uh, Paul, I need you to know how much. Not only is that detail that Kevin said factually true in the books. Okay. They, I guess they are like earthworms. The dwarves just like eat dirt and shit it out their britches and slide around on the ground. <laughs> slide around the ground. So in Wait, a small plays? YouTube clip, Josh Gad plays Josh Gad. the, and he does some, I guess this is how you'd have to do it, mm-hmm. is they, they the depiction of Josh Gad stretching his mouth open yeah. like a, like oh my a God. Ratfink animation. Yeah. <laughs> Just send it to you. It looks like Ratfink. It looks exactly like Ratfink. <laughs> like, like, I bet that's something that in the books sounded really cool. In the movie, horrified. It's like the assisted, like, gloved hands opening the jaw is what really makes this horrifying for me. It's like American Ichi the Killer. (laughs) (laughs) This is some Junji Ito shit. (laughs) Yes. That guy's name is Mulch, too. The name of that dwarf. 
That's a cool oh, name sure. for a dwarf, yeah. gotta say. Here, I, I, I got a I little clip like for it. you, the whole thing of him just like shitting dirt out his out his britches. He like Oh good guy. I, I again like I kinda like that turn on dwarfs because I think in a previous episode, Kevin, you and I and Paul were talking about In a previous like, camp goosebumps. In a previous camp, yeah. I, I somehow I want to see new even new twists on the fantasy tropes of Tolkien. You know what? Honestly, I don't hate it. I, I do really enjoy it. Because dwarves should be a little bit gross. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, like the I'm watching this clip you sent and he farts in a child's face, and I think that is a very dwarf thing to do. <laughs> we can still have hot dwarves. I mean Oh, absolutely. But I think they would still fart. But it, it it's an insult to dwarven kind to think that dwarves wouldn't fart. They would fart well, all not, the time. Can we can we be clear on this very public episode that we're putting on a main feed? That yeah. it is not just farting, it is projectile <laughs> shitting dirt. <laughs> It is dry. Like, it's a dry shit. It is dry. It is a dry shit, which I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> like it's not just oh oh the foul smell. Dirt goes in one side and goes out the other. He is not getting many nutrients from that dirt, I am sure. Explosively. And- so here's the thing. Here's how dwarven society, from what I understand of Artemis Fowl, should be done. <laughs> is you just like at lunchtime, you just like have a chair suspended above a water wheel. And okay. your your projectile dirt shit just rockets out and okay. turns the wheel. Okay, and that create and that generates power or grinds wheat for your city or something. That's a very progressive and sustainable environmental system. Um, yeah, it actually that's actually great to use the bio the, the people's biology for power. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, if your bowels are capable of like that <laughs> amount that of force, force by just like. <laughs> eating a little bit of rock then you should probably harness some of that energy go dwarves the dwarven ingenuity oh yeah dwarven farts that's the, that's the cle- the real clean coal that's in that's in, that's in <laughs> clean colon that's being coded into dwarf fortress right now <laughs> dude when is that graphic update coming because i've seen some stuff from it and you can do most things with the mouse now it looks great i'm wait, ready to play wait, it wait, wait sorry what do you what do you mean you can do most things with the mouse now oh dwarf uh dwarf fortress the og oh i was version. thinking of deep rock galactic sorry sorry dwarf no, fortress. not yes. dwarf, no, not dwarf fortress was was keyboard only oh chad have, chad have you ever tried to play it i've wanted to for over a decade and i am so like i've read articles about it yeah i've, I've looked at images of like Here's an image of my dwarf fortress being overtaken by lava mutated kittens. And I'm like, I can kind of see that in the code. Uh-huh. Like the way Tank looks at the matrix. Yes. Yeah. Or, or Cypher. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I just see blonde, brunette, redhead. I'm like, I kind of see that in there. I would love to play it, but I'm intimidated. I, I feel like we've talked about dwarf fortress before on something. Probably. It might have been when we were hanging out playing video games, but it might not have also been on a podcast. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself on it. But. Learning to play that game is like learning how to read. Yeah. Wow. I've noticed more and more games in my life, the ones that I'm uh, uh, that I approach and I'm in- interested in, are requiring me to watch uh, full-on tutorial videos of hours of gameplay in order for me to like just even crack the surface up. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember when I had to like reach out to you, Paul? Like, help me. I'm. I don't understand Total Warhammer Total War. 2. Oh my god! I yeah. I don't. I don't know what's going on. And you're like, watch this 60 minute video on how to organize your units just for battles. One of the, the like almost the simplest part of that game. Yeah, I did that with um 
with Crusader Kings. I had to do that with Crusader and Crusader Kings oh, is like dude, Crusader Kings is so insane. But that's yeah. like a simple game in comparison to I played their other one, Hearts of Iron, I think it's called. Or no, yeah. not Hearts of Iron. There's another one that they have that's like a World War II game, and that one I had to watch like multiple hours of gameplay, and I only learned how to play the Russians, and that was it. <laughs> learning any other faction would be more. That work, would be more learning, a ton you more. You have to learning. learn their culture. Uh, yeah. yeah, Crusader Kings. If if anyone listening has ever considered listening, is I've had a blast playing Crusader Kings three, where I am making some fun little original characters. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a self insert for Chad, and just watching. Oh, of course. And then you're just watching like an AI generated, gripping like medieval story, like the amount of backstabbing and like, oh no, my my son became a leper and now he's killed me. Like, that, there's choices that are happening where I barely made any influence on it. I will make a bold prediction: the next Game of Thrones will be written by a computer in Crusader <laughs> Kings. <laughs> might might have been better. I think might so. Might have been better. I hear uh, I hear Wildermyth is a pretty good one for pr- procedural story generation. Ooh, oh, yeah. Is that some, that's that indie RPG where, like, everything looks like paper dolls? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Hadley played a bunch of it, and uh, it it seems like it's really, really deep as far as, like, bringing up stuff that happened, like, hours ago. Cool. And making it suddenly relevant. Like, little little things add up in that game which i find pretty cool oh and it's like a tactics game too that's fun yeah yeah i've had my eye on that one for a while yeah that's cool oh but but back to to dwarf fortress i am so excited to be able to parse that game finally graphical dwarf fortress i think is going to be a big deal yeah that's the one where it's like swapping out like instead of a green u that symbolizes a captain it'll actually be like a sprite or something oh yeah it's full on yeah yes and also uh the controls are being redone to be more um understandable yeah it seems incredibly complex it does and i like i want to live the stories that i've read like that one story of like the the person who creates an incredible cave system in this glorious underground yeah. city only to dig deep too deep and and to awaken something in the dark and then it comes up and wrecks everything and they have to the one surviving dwarf closes it in right and then yep. it's, it's driven mad and dr- and walks off into the wilderness right i think that's dwar- uh boat murdered is the most famous i story. think yes that was i, I mean look, i'm gonna google it i think that is that one boat yeah, murdered. yeah i think i read that one too Boat Murdered is is a great account of what makes Dwarf Fortress great, but there's so much else. Like going into the uh, going into like the uh, glacier biome, glaciers come back, uh, and building an ice pyramid, and then being like overrun by zombie yetis is a favorite memory of mine. That's cool. That that happened to you. Yeah, because like at cool. a certain point in Dwarf Fortress. Uh, you're like kind your fortress is kind of stable and you have to start making problems for yourself. So mm-hmm. like you start building a giant mega structure, like a big Coliseum or uh, like a, <laughs> a, a water uh, gate that traps mermaids inside so you can harvest them for mermaid. bones. Jesus Good Christ. God. <laughs> I mean, mermaid bone sells for a lot. So I'm sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I imagine there's a lot of, dwarven machines that run on mermaid oil or something uh (laughs) it's funny because like you you have to pick like the general uh alignment of where you're settling so when you pick a place to settle it'll be like this is good neutral or evil 
if you settle in like a good part of the world, you're essentially the evil force there because okay, oh, because you're invading. Well, because the only meat you can eat is unicorn. <laughs> oh, oh my so, god! Oh. Okay, so your dwarves have to go hunting for like unicorn and pixie meat. <laughs> it's really hard to live in harmony with the good. Yeah, I guess place. there's no sustainable like unicorn. You can't be hurting. vegan. Uh, dwarves are. Pretty shit at being vegan. You can, but they'll be kind of miserable. Okay, all right. Hey, I mean, this Armus Fowl dwarf is pretty vegan. He is pretty vegan. Yeah. Dwarves also need alcohol to live. Like, if they drink water, they'll go insane. <laughs> is that canonically yeah. said that they yeah. what their bender from Futurama? <laughs> yeah, they they only drink water when they're sick. So you gotta have you gotta have booze. They sound. You are sounding more and more like a. A dwarf to me, Kevin. Like in real life, I know you've always said it, but I'm starting to realize that you really are onto something with that, right? I mean, I'm telling you, people have dwarven energy. You you have big. Dwarf- I was at your house and I was sick, and you're like, you want a beer about it? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. true. <laughs> I did. I took you to a brewery when you had a cold. I'm, I'm sorry. But... What? No, I'm not upset about that in any way. <laughs> that help it any? I had a great time, and I, I have uh, I have self control, so I was able to uh, not drink and and have a good time still. But but I was definitely like that is not how I would solve my sickness problem typically. That like legitimately growing up, you did a shot of Jack Daniels if you had a cold. That's cool. That's how. I was raised. I find that cool. <laughs> yeah. It was called the medicine. Yes. Yes. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was liquor. <laughs> I had a um I had like a toothache or something wrong with my mouth when I was really young and at a family party and a, one of the yeah. one of the parents there. I was super young. So all I remember is them getting brandy and rubbing it on my gums. And yeah. And I, yeah. and it, like I knew that I shouldn't be having the brandy in my mouth. I just knew it. I guess I was picking up on the sense from the uh, other adults around me, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. It oh, because whenever adults give a kid, the few times that happened to me, I feel like every adult in the room is like, ha we're going to watch this kid get a little Get a little drunk. fucked it'll up. Be, this is going to be, be fun. That'll <laughs> be fun for us. <laughs> when I just got out of college, I uh, I had a cavity and I didn't have dental insurance because uh, mass health hadn't kicked in yet. So uh, I pretty much put whiskey on that tooth every fucking day. Oh, yeah. To oh, keep it yeah. from hurting. And it just rotted it out. <laughs> just it, was yeah. not, it was not a good idea. <laughs> the dentist was like, oh, my God, your tooth looks like you've been putting whiskey on it for months. <laughs> and I'm like, well, funny story. I, I, I guess like I, when I used to be sick, my dad would, tr- would give me hot toddies. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Like what? Like hot lemon juice, water, and whiskey, and maybe some honey. Yep. It's delicious. And I don't think the whiskey did anything to make me feel better. But it just puts you, you to know, sleep. Put you to sleep. That's just what NyQuil is doing. Yeah, and the other stuff's doing the good stuff. Oh, yeah. The yeah, tea yeah. and the, the honey and the lemon. That's what's doing all the good stuff. I wish yeah, we could go back to like the, the Western times only in that when medicine was just like bottles of cocaine. I was going to say, I don't want the bone <laughs> saw. I'm not trying to deal with the bone saw. <laughs> no, yeah, horse doctors, no. all that kind of stuff. Don't want to deal with that. But like no, just thanks. a a man can show up in a cart and just sell you liquid heroin. Like, I mean, I mean, I live in Philadelphia, Chad, and I'll assure you that is still happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that's funny because it's true and sad. <laughs> it's, it is still sadly happening. Oh, see, we have we have the we have the pineapple and mango with with cayenne pepper on it. Oh, I love that. Uh, I can I just say I love the mango with the pepper on it. Oh my god, yeah, that is something that sadly I don't I don't know why 
I don't know why that is only seemingly only in LA because we I'm sure there's places that sell it in Philadelphia but like yeah that is so prevalent there maybe it's because mangoes are are good there if you, you know next time you come up to visit if you're in the mood we'll just say we're just gonna head into a random neighborhood and after about 10 blocks we'll have crossed someone selling them on the corner I mean I'll go nuts on a yeah. mango oh yeah and with the with the tagine on it Ooh. Mm. oh yeah mm. Ooh. very very good it's good stuff. Uh, you something you or Kevin said in this in this hangout session reminded me of. I just wanted to share how much I have been enjoying Persona Five Royal. Oh yeah, because because maybe because of the current climate, things going on in our lives, uh, shitty former employers. Mm-hmm. The the general premise of these young kid upstarts are going to break into the mind palaces of specifically corrupt old businessmen mm-hmm. and fuck their shit up and make them repent and realize the error of their ways and turn themselves in has been some of the most satisfying wish fulfillment mm-hmm. I think I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it is it is so good. And you get to run around Tokyo while you do it. And you get to run around Tokyo and go on dates. Like so it's <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you get to t- that as far as like what I want to see in a video game, making the rich suffer is pretty fun. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 weird to go straight from uh, Psychonauts 2, which I adored, which kind of has a similar premise of going into people's minds and helping fix their issues. Right. Which is more like they make a very big point of like you don't you don't change someone's mind. You really just help them get over the stuff that they already are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So it's more empowering to that person. In Persona, it is like. No, this dude is a corrupt guy running a burger franchise chain. We are going to break into his mind palace that is structured like a UFO uh, with robots everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we are going to steal his manifestation of his deepest desires so he realizes he's a piece of shit. Yep. And it is, yeah, very, very fun. I think as a former Catholic, mm-hmm. um, the idea <laughs> that guilt can be reapportioned for the good of society strikes a chord with me. <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? No, in a good way. Like, yeah. when you're me, like, your guilt does basically nothing for you. It just makes you feel bad all the time. Then you don't yeah. do anything about it. But if someone who actually had power could feel a shred of guilt, like, yes, yeah, that would be pretty cool. It It doesn't feel like it is taking their mind or or making them believe something that they don't believe it is somehow like it's really just taking their negativity away um hmm. so maybe maybe that still is it's it's like a metaphorical thing that i think is interesting well catholicism definitely does not take your negativity away. no 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 just turns it inwards <laughs> yeah it's mostly like you you yourself are bad and you should feel bad right yeah you are inherently <laughs> bad you ne- you never could have not been bad you were born bad <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have a chance. You didn't even have a chance. You, you suffer in your badness. <laughs> yeah, I picked up that a couple of Catholic lessons. That was, a, yeah. that was an interesting mentality. You were born bad. God knows you're bad. Keep telling him how you're bad so that maybe one day he'll forgive you. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> God's favorite song is, oh, Lord, I suck. I suck so bad. Never had a chance. But hey, what are you going to do? You want to hang out? <laughs> maybe forgive me a little bit. <laughs> I always thought it was funny that like, I always thought it was like ironic that there's we're always we're always sinful creatures in Catholicism, right? Like no matter yeah. what, you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna trend towards sin. But they there was always that caveat that they're like, hey, right before you die, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're good. 
You're totally good. <laughs> as long as you genuinely seem to feel remorse, I guess that works. But why wouldn't you feel remorse as you're like falling out of a plane? I want to lose my reference of like you're about to die. As long as you don't die suddenly. If you die on a plane crash, plenty of time to, to be a Christian or, or to be a Catholic and get, yeah, get into heaven. Yeah. yeah. As long as you repent on your deathbed, you're good. Yeah. But please, and you're rich, but, but please involve the Catholic Church. <laughs> and please leave your money to us. Yeah, please give money to that organization is, <laughs> is what the teachings break down to. Man, I hope there's some of that in Persona 5 Royale because I didn't get that far yet. I think you're ahead of me, Chad. I'm I'm to the fifth dungeon palace. I got Futaba on the team, if that helps at all as a reference I'm point. on Futaba's. I'm on Futaba's. Okay, team. yeah, I guess, I guess Futaba's the first one where it's not she's a rich yes. old person that needs to learn a lesson. It is this is the person dealing with some grief and trauma. And you're helping them come up. Yeah, it's the first flip of the script. Here's the thing. Number one most important thing to me in a video game is dwarves, obviously. But number two, <laughs> number two, number two thing that makes a video game is talking cats. If there's a talking cat in the video game, there's a, it makes oh, up there's for a it. talking cat. Well, maybe, maybe it's a talking cat. Whoa. I don't know. Morgana, I don't, I don't know. If it looks like a talking cat, it counts as a talking cat. Yeah. This talking is, cat. yeah. It's a talking cat then. But there's no dwarves. The talking cat that maybe thinks they're a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's dwarves in this. There might be a dwarf persona. I'm trying to th- try to There is. There is. Wait, no, there's a gnome. There's a lawn gnome one. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With a beard? Yeah, oh, yeah. And a pointy oh, yeah, hat. Beard. The, the one with a big leaf hanging over their head. Yeah, big leaf, pointy hat. Yeah. If I can't get a dwarf, I'll fuck with a gnome. I That's actually- cool. <laughs> That's like what you'll do in a pinch. Like, I could, I could get by. It's oh, just a tiny yeah. dwarf. Little gnome will do you. Yeah, why not? Gnomes are chill. <laughs> I like gnomes because they're, I like gnomes because they're a little goofy. And we talked about, like, typically uh, gnomes just get the, uh, a s- small subset of the dwarf attributes just put onto them. Yes. They're like, oh, they're yeah. the inventors, like in World of Warcraft, right? But, yeah. But dwarves went fully fleshed out. Tons of fun. You guys ever read that? that one book it's like a i think it's a swedish book i want to say and it's an illustrated book and it's like all about gnomes the book oh, of yeah. gnomes you know what i'm what i'm talking about it's like the fan are, it's are one- you i don't want to ruin your bit are you are you stealth plugging dom's book about gnomes no 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 but i do know that book too which is a great <laughs> wait one. does dom oh, okay. book about gnomes yeah he has a very short little book about about gnomes Oh, that's awesome. Congrats, Tom. Yeah. It, it, I'm it's, talk- like, it's like f- fun fact of the gnomes. Yeah. I guess it's inspired by this. The re- the, not to say the real book. That's, I mean, the original. Uh, the real book wow. is The Secret Book of Gnomes by Will Hugan and Rian Portvillet. Put- uh, <laughs> I, I am butchering those names. The Secret Book of Gnomes. It's, all, it's what David the Gnome was based on. Actually, mm. well, um, no wonder I've never heard of it. If it's a secret book of gnomes, it's a secret book. Only only Dutch <laughs> families were allowed to have it. <laughs> Keep it secret. Don't let other don't let outsiders know about our. Yeah, my family, being part Dutch, definitely had one. Uh, and dude, it's great. The illustrations in it are incredible, and it's all gnomes living in mid-century modern houses, and uh, <laughs> cool. or, or I guess Scandinavian style houses, and they're like the most comfy fucking houses of all time and that's the part of gnomes that i want to i want to explore like they should not be just relegated a part of dwarves they should be comfy kings that's what they're all about i i love that paul how do we distinguish them between hobbits they're way Um, smaller let's um i guess i I meant before just height but i guess that might work be enough i'm gonna say gnomes are just hobbits without generalized anxiety disorder yes gnomes are (laughs) gnomes are happy being gnomes 
Yeah. I, I, I realize I feel really embarrassed. We had one of these. I think we had this main book. Everybody had this has book. the really nice like Norman Rockwell paintings yeah. of of gnomes mm-hmm. in the Troll Hunters writers room. Oh, really? Because well, yeah, because we well, early on we're like we're gonna go down you know the list of classical mm-hmm. mythical fantasy creatures and put our own spin on them. And I was very, I was very proud of my contribution to the gnomes in Troll Hunters of that under their hats are giant sharp horns. Love that they're hiding. That was you. Hiding big spikes to stab you with. Yeah, that beautiful edition. Beautiful yeah. edition. Yeah, gnome, gnome Chomsky and all of that. That was a Love fun, it. lovable character. Yeah, those were fun gnomes. They were. They're hiding. They're hiding little daggers under their head. They're gonna headbutt you. You did have good, good little like mini angry gnomes. They were so fun. Yeah, but if they're more like chill, laid back dudes, if they're more like uh, parrot time gnomes, I'm on board with that. I I feel like the gnome like dichotomy is it's funny to see an aggro gnome because gnomes are normally so chill. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like the gnome energy is just smoke weed every day. And eat a big <laughs> eat a big bowl of stew. Like I don't I don't think gnomes are actually out there tinkering. I think they're just in there thinkering. Wow. Damn. Wow. Damn. Damn. You got me thinkering now. Holy shit. <laughs> I wanna get that stitched and hung up over my mantle. Uh, of a of a little gnome getting real high, yeah. Okay, I want that with a, with a with a gnome getting high and the gnome thinking about gummies don't get old; they just turn into crazy bones. That's what I want on my body. <sighs> hey, if you like this nonsense, be sure to check out our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GooseBuds. Uh, we do these literally every month. So if you found this episode fun and funny, come and check us out. And we also uh, do episodes where we take uh, mailbags from our Patreon supporters. So if you want to get involved in a Camp Goosebuds episode, get over to the Patreon right now. Get your questions in. They come, we take them in, in order and we will not, <laughs> we will not break that rule. <laughs> You'll also get access to early episodes and our Discord. And um, I don't know. Sometimes we post stuff we're thinking about. I don't know. Maybe we might start doing that. (laughs) I've been really wanting to do. I was looking up before we started recording about um, some of the the PlayStation 4 era Goosebump games. And I would love for us to find the time to be able to like do a let's play or something we have we have talked about doing some streams or let's plays and i think that is a great idea chad i would love to do that yeah yeah i really need more rl stein in my life yeah and not just can't get enough and i just want to say thank you to everyone who already backs us on patreon uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for for supporting us and uh we hope that this uh episode is a nice little bonus for everybody happy happy fall everyone thanksgiving Happy fall. Happy fall solstice. Yeah. Happy American feast day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, boys, I'm, uh, I'll see you soon and next time. All right. Bye, everybody. All right, guys. Let's get the crazy bones out and start going. Crazy nuts. bones. Bye, guys. <laughs> Ow, it's in my eye. Oh, no, scatter. <laughs>